Alright. Go ahead and begin. And we'll start out with a um short prayer and um pray. Father, great I am El Ilion. We ask that you today that you guide us. Guide us in your word. Guide us through your word like a river. <coughs> guide us in your word. Allow us to come to discover answers in your name. To give us understanding, to give us um, revelation, give us breakthroughs, give us um, clarity on our lives, the things that we may be dealing with at this moment. I want to pray for clarity. I want to pray for, for peace and understanding and wisdom. I want to pray for, for peace over Afghanistan. And we want to pray for, for peace over New York. I want to pray for, for peace and safety over New York and Afghanistan. We want to pray for peace and safety over Haiti. I want to pray for peace and safety over ourselves and healing over ourselves. In the holy name of Jesus, we say hallelujah. Amen. And so, on the last um, Sermon on the Mount, we were talking about um, concerning oaths. And in um, concerning oaths, it said, um, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of his great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word yes be yes, or, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. And so, um... Or something I wanted to share with that in addition to that what we read the last time and it's in uh, Numbers 30 in the Numbers 30 actually um, speaks about this a little bit and it speaks about this between um, men and women between wives and husbands and so in Numbers 30 it says vows made by women it says, Then Moses said to the heads of the tribes of the Israelites, This is what the Lord has commanded. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. When a woman makes a vow to the Lord or binds herself by a pledge, while within her father's house in her youth, and her father hears of her vow or her pledge, by which she has bound herself and says nothing to her, that all her vows shall stand, and any pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if her father expresses disapproval to her at the time that he hears of it, no vow of hers and no pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will forgive her because her father had expressed to her his disapproval. If she marries while obliged by her vows or any thoughtless utterance of her lips, by which she has bound herself, and her husband hears of it, and says nothing to her at the time he hears, then her vow shall stand, and her pledges by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if at the time her husband hears of it, he expresses disapproval to her, then she shall nullify the vow by which she was obliged, or the thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she bound herself, and the Lord 
will forgive her by every vow of a widow or of a divorced woman by which she has bound herself shall be binding upon her and if she made a vow in her husband's house or bound herself by a pledge with an oath and her husband heard it and said nothing to her and did not express disapproval to her then all her vows shall stand and any pledge by which she bound herself shall stand but if her husband nullifies them at the time that he hears them, then whatever proceeds out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning her pledge of herself shall not stand. Her husband has nullified them, and the Lord will forgive her. Any vow or any binding oath to deny herself, her husband may allow to stand, or her husband may nullify. But if her husband says nothing to her from day to day, then he validates all her vows or all her pledges, by which she is obligated. He has validated them because he said nothing to her at the time that he heard of them. But if he nullifies them some time after he has heard of them, then he shall bear her guilt. These are the statutes that the Lord commanded Moses concerning a husband and his wife and a father and his daughter whilst he is still young and in her father's house. And so, um, you know, again, to yes be yes and you know be no. And um, this is what Jesus was talking about. And so, you know, when he's um, when we're, when 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 God is speaking to Moses about this, and he's saying to be um, to be honest in your um, in your marriage, and to um, to make an, um, an honest pledge or an honest oath in the marriage. But Jesus is saying again, what Jesus is saying is just let it simply be yes, and yes, and no, no, and that's it. And it's it's very simple, so that you don't, you know, get into um, complications such as these. And so um, when we go back to um, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes five, and um, Solomon talks about this. And he talks a little bit about it in Ecclesiastes 5 1 through 4 and it says <clears throat> guard your steps when you go to the house of God to draw near to listen is better than the sacrifice offered by fools for they do not know how to keep from doing evil never be rash with your mouth nor let your heart be quick to utter a word before God for God is in heaven and you upon the earth therefore let your words be few for dreams come with many cares, and a fool's voice with many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay fulfilling it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your words and destroy the work of your hands? So what he's saying is to not vow so that if you can't fulfill the vow you won't um you won't you won't be going into sin and this is what um Moses was speaking about when he was saying that that um the husband has to approve of the vow but Jesus is saying don't do it at all so Solomon is saying don't do it at all because if you can't fulfill it if you overstep yourself then you can't fulfill it again you know what is Jesus saying Jesus Jesus is saying to let your no be no and your yes be yes. He's saying, but I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, 
for it is his footstool, or by, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word, yes, yes, or no, no, for anything more than this comes from the evil one. So anything more than that comes from Satan. So when we go back to um, Ecclesiastics um, in 4... 9 through 16 it says again two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift up the other but woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help again if two lie together they keep warm but how can one keep warm alone and though one might prevail against another two will withstand one a threefold cord is not quickly broken Better is a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king, who will no longer take advice. One can indeed come out of prison to reign, even though born poor in the kingdom. I saw all the living who, moving about under the sun, follow that youth who replaced the king. There was no end to all those whom he led, yet those who come later will not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and a chasing after the wind. So, what he's talking about again. And we're going to apply this right to husbands husbands and wives is to um, handle these things together, you know, and, and again, what Jesus said and what we talked about in the last sermon is that his um, yoke is easy and his, his burden is light. And so, you know, we can, you know, carry this burden together, just like how Paul says with our, our significant other and of course with Jesus and God in the in the middle of that and so when we go back um, to Matthew we're going into um, concerning retaliation which deals a lot with the other person and it says um, Jesus says again in, in Matthew 538 he said you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I say to you do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. And so um, God spoke to me about this. And... He showed me um, quite a few things that applied to this. And the first instance is um, in 1 Samuel when we're talking about the story of David. And this is um, 1 Samuel 18. And it says that Saul, this is where Saul tries to kill David. And this is after um, he's anointed, um, that David is anointed king, and the kingdom is, um, is stripped from, from Saul because he, he wanted to offer the sacrifice before, um, before Samuel got there. And so it says, um, because of his pride and because of his arrogance and impatience, he says, The next day an evil spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre. As he did day by day, Saul had his spear in his hand, and Saul threw the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall, but David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. 
So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And David marched out and came in, leading the army. David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. When Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for it was he who marched out and came in leading them. So this evil spirit was, was on Saul, and he tried to kill David. He threw, the spirit, he threw the spear at him. He said, I will pin David to the wall, but David eluded him twice. And so, um, continuing... And we go to um, 1 Samuel 26. David is um, being pursued by Saul. And we have two different instances. It says, when um, this is in 24, and then we go to 26. In, in 1 Samuel 24, it says, When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 men out of all Israel and went to look for David and his men in the direction of the rocks of the wild goats. He came to the sheepfold beside the road where there was a cave and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. Then the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, I will give your enemy into your hand. Okay. And you shall do to him as it seems good to you then david went and stealthily cut off a corner of saul's cloak afterward david was stricken to the heart because he had cut off a corner of saul's cloak he said to his men the lord forbid that i should do this thing to my lord the lord's anointed to raise my hand against him for he is the lord's anointed so david scolded his men severely and did not permit them to attack saul then Saul got up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterwards, David also rose up and went out of the cave and called after Saul, My lord the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed his face to the ground and it did obeisance. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of those who say David seeks to do you harm? This very day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you into my hand in the cave, and some urged me to kill you. But I spared you. I said I will not raise my hand against my lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See my father, the corner of your cloak in my hand, for by the fact that I cut off the corner of your cloak and did not kill you, you may know for certain that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you are hunting me to take my life. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the ancient proverb says, out of the wicked ones... Out of the wicked comes forth wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? A single flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you. May he see to it and plead my cause and vindicate me against you. When David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good whereas I have repaid you evil. Today you have explained how you have dealt well with me and that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For who has ever found an enemy and sent the enemy safely away? So may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. Now I know that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me therefore by the Lord 
that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not wipe out my name from from my father's house so david swore this to saul then saul went home but david and his men went up to the stronghold and so we see this this um this treatment you know against the the the, the person that is doing david um harm that wishes to do him harm that um nearly um saul nearly killed him with this spear and so you know when we go back we go back and look at what um jesus says about this he said do not resist an evildoer but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek turn the other also and if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat give your cloak as well and if anyone forces you to go one mile go also the second mile Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. And so, you know, we see that David was pursued by Saul for quite some time. And when we go back again to um, 1 Samuel 26, it says, Then the, Z the Zephites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, David is hiding on the hill of Hekelah, which is opposite Jeshimon. So Saul rose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph, Saul encamped on the hill of Hakilah, which is opposite Jeshimon, beside the road. But David remained in the wilderness. When he learned that Saul had come after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed arrived. Then David set out and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Joab's brother Abishai son of uh, Zurai, Who will go down with me into the camp to Saul? Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. There Saul lay sleeping within the encampment with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand today. Now, therefore, let me pin him to the ground with one stroke of the spear. I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can raise his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him down, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. But now take the spear that is at his head and the water jar and let us go. So David took the spear that was at Saul's head and the water jar and they went away. No one saw it or knew it, nor did anyone awake, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood on top of a hill far away with a great distance between them. David called to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, saying, Abner, will you not listen? Then Abner replied, who are you that calls to the king? David said to Abner, Are you not a man who is like you in who are you not a man who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die, because you have not kept watch over your lord, the Lord's anointed. See now, where is the king's spear or the water jar that was at his head? Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he added, 
Why does my Lord pursue his servant? For what have I done? What guilt is on my hands? Now therefore let my Lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you, you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is mortals, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me out today from my share in the heritage of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now therefore do not let my blood fall to the ground, away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea, like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have done wrong. Come back, my son David, for I will never harm you again. Because my life was precious in your sight today, I have been a fool and have made a great mistake. David replied, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, but I would not raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. As your life was precious today in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord. And may he rescue me from all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. And so, you know, when we go back um, into the Bible and what the Bible says, um, not sure of the exact scripture, but the Bible says that um, God said that revenge is mine. And so um, in this instance, David you know he acts that out and he doesn't take revenge even though that he knows that there's someone after him but he does he does pray about it and so We go to um, Psalm 35. Here are his prayers about about um, how he's going through this um, this period of being pursued by Saul, and he's praying about this. He's praying to God very um, desperately because it's, it it breaks his heart, you know. It says, Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and rise up to help me. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek after my life. Let them be turned back and confounded who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them on. Let their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. For without cause they hid their net from me. Without cause they dug a pit for my life. Let ruin come on them unawares. And let the net that they hid ensnare them. Let them fall in it to their ruin. Then my soul shall rejoice in the Lord, exulting in his deliverance. All my bones shall say, O Lord, who is like you? You deliver the weak from those too strong for them, the weak and needy from those who despoil them. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me about things I do not know. They repay me evil for good. My soul is 
forlorn. But as for me, when they were sick, I wore, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my bosom, as though I grieved for a friend or a brother. I went about as one who laments for a mother, bowed down and in mourning. But at my stumbling, they gathered in glee. They gathered together against me, ruffians whom I did not know tore at me without ceasing they impiously mocked more and more gnashing at me with their teeth how long O lord will you look on rescue me from their ravages my life from the lions then i will thank you in great congregation in the mighty throng i will praise you do not let my treacherous enemies rejoice over me or those who hate me without cause wink the eye for they do not speak peace but they conceive deceitful words against those who are quiet in the land. They open wide their mouths against me. They say, Aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. You have seen, O Lord. Do not be silent, O Lord. Do not be far from me. Wake up, bester yourself for my defense. For my cause, my God and my Lord, vindicate me, O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness, and do not let them rejoice over me. Do not let them say to themselves, Aha, we have our heart's desire. Do not let them say we have swallowed you up. Let all those who rejoice at my calamity be put to shame and confusion. Let those who exalt themselves against me be clothed with shame and dishonor. Let those who desire my vindication shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and your praise all day long. And so you hear um, you know, him pouring his heart out to God and praying and um, speaking about about Saul, you know, Saul, you know, he served Saul for quite some time. And then when he when he um, went and um, beat um, Goliath, you know, Saul, you know, celebrated that and looked at him like he was um, a, a son or, or and, and, and David looked at him like a role model. And so, you know, he he was before that he was just his servant, you know, and playing the, the, um, the liar for him. And he so he made him his, his a general. And he became a, such a great general and kept playing the liar from him for the spirit that was tormenting him because of him um, breaking God's laws. And so, you know, he, the, David and his um, and Saul's daughter became acquainted and um, wanted to get married. He asked for his blessing and gave him his blessing and he welcomed him to, he, Saul welcomed him into his family graciously. And so all of a sudden, one day, like we read, he just decided he wanted to kill David for no reason. So he's pouring his heart out and saying, you know, that his friend um, and, and people he doesn't know that he sent after him. Saul sent people after him that he didn't know. Um, sought his life. And now he's in this situation and he's praying so vigorously for this to, to stop. You know, it's, it's eating away at his heart. And you can hear it in the Psalms. And so we go to Psalm 55. It's even more. It says, um, To the leader with stringed instruments, a masculine of David, give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I am troubled in my complaint. I am distraught by the noise of the enemy because of the clamor of the wicked, for they bring trouble upon me. And in anger they cherish enmity against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Truly I would flee far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter for myself from the raging wind. 
and tempest. Confuse, O Lord, confound their speech, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst, oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. Is it is not enemies who taunt me, I could bear that. It is not adversaries who deal insolently with me, I could hide from them. But it is you, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, with whom I kept pleasant company. We walked in the house of God with the throng. Let death come upon them. Let them go down alive to Sheol. For evil is in their homes and in their hearts. But I call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan. And he will hear my voice. He will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me. God who is enthroned from of old Selah will hear and will humble them because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion laid hands on a friend and violated a covenant with me with speech smoother than butter but with a heart set on war with words that were softer than oil but in fact were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the lowest pit. The bloodthirsty and treacherous shall not live out their days. But I will trust you. And so this is what um, this is what, what David is, um, is speaking about here. And, and so, um, you know, he goes, he goes further into it goes much further into it and um, when we go to Psalm 40 we go back a little bit to Psalm 40 and he's praying again he says I waited patiently for the Lord he inclined to me and heard my cry he drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet <coughs> upon a rock making my steps secure he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me, O Lord. Make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought from me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay. Oh my God. And, and so, 
David is um, pouring out his heart in these prayers for what he is going through for Saul continuous, continuously pursuing him continuously and so again when we go back and um, you know when Jesus is talking about um, retaliation you know again you know he's talking about um, retaliation in this way you know to um, to go the extra mile to give your cloak to um, to not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you so he's, he's also talking about being humble and helping people as well too who seem to have um, something against you because they're dealing with something on the inside of their heart that the only way that they're going to get that is through is the only way they're going to be able to deal with that is through God and through through Jesus and, and to not um, sin and so when we go um, further into this when we go to um, Acts um, 16 um, 11 well actually you know what there's something that I skipped out Jeremiah in Jeremiah 26 Jeremiah 26 we go to Jeremiah 26 here and they talk about this is talked about um, God speaks about this um, in Jeremiah's situation and it says here in Jeremiah 26 10 through 5 it says here it says when the officials of Judah heard these things they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry it's um, actually let me let me go let me go back a little bit it says why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord saying this house shall be like Shiloh and the city shall be desolate without inhabitant and all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord then the officials of Judah heard these things they came from the the king's house to the house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry of the new gate at the house of the Lord then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people this man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city as you have heard with your own ears then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and to all the people saying it is the Lord who sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the words you have heard. Now therefore amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord will change his mind about the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, here I am in your hands. Do with me it seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will be bringing innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, This man does not deserve the sentence of death. For he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. And some of the elders of the land arose and said to all the assembled people, Micah Morasheth, who prophesied during the days of King Hezekiah of Judah, said to all the people of Judah, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. Did King Hezekiah of Judah and all Judah actually put him to death? 
Did he not fear the Lord and entreat the favor of the Lord? And did not the Lord change his mind about the disaster that he had pronounced against them? But we are about to bring great disaster on ourselves. There was another man prophesying in the name of the Lord, Uriah, son of Shemaiah, from Kariath-Jerim. He prophesied against the city and against this land in words exactly like those of Jeremiah. And when King Jehoiakim, with all his warriors and all the officials, heard his words, and the king sought to put him to death, but when Uriah heard of it, he was afraid and fled and escaped to Egypt. Then Jehoiakim sent Enatham, son of Akbor, and the men with him to Egypt. And they took Uriah from Egypt and brought him to King Jehoiakim. He struck him down with the sword and threw his dead body into the burial place of the common people. But the hand, the hand of Ahikim, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah, so that he was not given over into the hands of the people to be put to death. You know, so this this guy is speaking is was warning um, them not to do this to Jeremiah, and of course um, Jeremiah went through a lot of um, torture um, at the hands of the um, of the people at that time who didn't believe him, and so when we go um, when we go um, to. Jude um, Jude speaks about many people who um, act this way who want to um, retaliate against um, others And um, God spoke to me to um, include this. And this is um, Jude 1, 5 through 16. And it says, Now I desire to remind you, though you are fully informed, that the Lord who once for all saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe, and the angels who do, did not keep their own position but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains in deep darkness for the judgment of the great day. <clears throat> Likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the, and the surrounding cities, which in the same manner as they indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural lust, served as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So these people, you know, they, in, they involved themselves in striking back and taking revenge and violence. It says, yet in the same way, these dreamers also defile the flesh, reject authority, and slander the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contended with the devil and disputed about the body of Moses, he did not dare to bring a condemnation of slander against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So not even Michael um, slandered, not even he retaliated verbally. But these people slander whatever they do not understand, and they are destroyed by those things that, like irrational animals, they know by instinct. Woe to them, for they go to the way of Cain, and abandon themselves to Balaam's heir for the sake of gain, and perish in Korah's rebellion. These are blemishes on your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, feeding themselves. They are waterless clouds, carried along by the winds, autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame wandering stars for whom the deepest darkness has been reserved forever 
It was also about these that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, See the Lord is coming with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict everyone of all the deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers and malcontents that indulge their own lust. They are bombastic in speech, flattering people to their own advantage. And so we go much further into this. We can go back to, um, to Acts um, 5.17. When we go to um, Acts 5.17, um, we have um, more instances of, of, you know, the disciples um, being um, abused and being um, persecuted and not retaliating you know it's just as Jesus said it says that um, the apostles are, are, are persecuted this is Acts 5 17 17 through 42 it says then the high priest took action and all who were with him that is the sect of the Sadducees being filled with jealousy arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison but during the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors brought them out and said go stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message about this life when they heard this they entered the temple at daybreak and went on their teaching with their teaching when the high priest and those with him arrived they called together the council and the whole body of the elders of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought but when the temple police went there they did not find them in the prison so they returned and reported we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were perplexed about them, wondering what might be going on. Then someone arrived and announced, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the temple police and brought them, but without violence, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand, as leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins and we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him when they heard this they were enraged and wanted to kill him to kill them but a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel a teacher of the law respected by all the people stood up and ordered the men to be put outside for a short time then he said to them fellow Israelites Consider carefully what you propose to do to these men. For some time ago, Thutis rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400, joined him, but he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and disappeared. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up at the time of the census and got people to follow him. He also perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Because if this plan or this undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. In that case, you may even be found fighting against God. They were convinced by him. And when they had called in the apostles, they had them flogged. 
Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. As they left the council, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. And every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. And so, again, you know, this is this is what we're speaking about here. We're speaking about, you know, God being the one who's taking um, revenge and not us not us we're not supposed to do that you know we're not supposed to um to strike back you know this is what jesus is talking about us striking back and so when we go um back um up a little bit to Acts 16 11 through 40 um Hallelujah. we we yes we um we um, read. We can read here. It says the conversion of Lydia. We set sail from Charles and took a straight course to Thamocrase, the following day to Neapolis, and this is Paul, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside to the gate by the river, where we were supposed we were supposed to. There was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. The women who had gathered there, a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. And so it says, one day as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money. And by fortune telling, while she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, these men are slaves of the most high God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour, but when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joining, joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake. So violent that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were fat unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. 
At the same hour of the night he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. When morning came, the magistrates sent the police saying, Let these men go. And the jailer reported the message to Paul, saying, The magistrates sent word to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul replied, They have beaten us in public, uncondemned men, who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison, and now they are going to discharge us in secret? Certainly not. Let them come and take us out themselves. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens, so they came and apologized to them. And they took them out and asked them to leave the city. After leaving the prison, they went to Lydia's home, and when they had seen and encouraged the brothers and sisters, there they departed. And so, you know, when we're, we're talking about this, this, this thing again, you know, God um, does deliver. God does deliver, you know, um, for those who, who retaliate against you. And, of course, we're not supposed to retaliate against others. You know, it says... Uh, Jesus says, but I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you, take your coat and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And so he's saying to serve the people that um, speak against you, that that um, that come at you with with violence and things like that. And so this is exactly what, what Paul did. You know, he came to this guy who was about to kill himself, the the, the, the jailer who was, who was supposed to be guarding the jail. And he said, you know, don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. You know, um, we're all here. And he, he said, how, how can I be saved? Pray to Jesus. Pray, pray and believe in, in Jesus and you'll be saved. And so and he spoke to him about 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 Jesus and, and, and what what happened in the crucifixion and everything. And so. He, you know, he he um, was baptized, and you know they all. He felt that he immediately felt the um, the effects of all of these things, and so um, we move forward and we go to um, to Hebrews in nine seventy two on page nine seventy two um, in Hebrews. Um, it says here that um, Hebrews 4 Hebrews 4 it says that therefore while the promise of entering his rest is still open let us take care that none of you should seem to have failed to reach it for indeed the good news came to us just as to them but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened for we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said as in my anger I swore they shall not enter my rest though his works were finished at the foundation of the world for in one place it speaks about the seventh day as follows, And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place it says, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains open for some to enter it. And those who formerly 
received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he sets a certain day today saying through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak later about another day. So then a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall from such disobedience as theirs. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and before him no creature is hidden. But all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. And so, um, if we move on to um, Hebrews 5, it says, um, and, and this this really is really speaking about, you know, suffering through people persecuting us, like we, how we read earlier, people um, speaking against us, and we want to retaliate, but we shouldn't retaliate. You know, for we have this, this time you know a rest in the future we have to look forward to this and, and know that none of these things are going to be present you know in the new heaven and in the new earth we have to know that we have to know that he's that, that god is seeing all the things that are in our hearts and all the things that are in other people's hearts so he knows what's going on he's never not present it says since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast to our confession for we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is subject to weakness and because of this he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people and one does not presume to take this honor but it takes but takes it only when called by God just as Aaron was so also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a high priest, a, a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered us up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission although he was a son he learned obedience through what he suffered and having been made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him having been designated by god a high priest according to the order of melchizedek and so we see this um this importance of prayer this continued importance of prayer and so um, when we go to um, 1 Peter, 1 Peter right here, and it's 1 Peter um, 2, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 10, it says, 
Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander like newborn infants. Long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation god's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light once you were not a people but now you are god's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy so he's saying the mercy mercy that that's what's what's being said here you know god is speaking and um through and saying um there needs to be um there needs to be mercy and so um we go to to um it's it says the example of christ's suffering it's um first peter 2 18 25 it says slaves accept the authority of your masters with all deference not only those who are kind and gentle but also those who are harsh for it is a credit to you if being aware of god you endure pain while suffering unjustly if you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong what credit is that but if you endure when you do right and suffer for it you have god's approval for to this you have been called because christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth when he was abused he did not return abuse when he suffered he did not threaten but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly he himself bore our sins in body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed for you were going astray like sheep but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your, of your souls okay it says he was abused again it says he was abused he did not return abuse when he suffered he did not threaten but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly and and what does he say again in um in, in matthew you know about retaliation you know what is he saying about that again what he's saying is Do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you, take your take and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go a mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. Okay. And so we go to um, again back to um, the first Peter. <coughs> Three is again we're talking about you know what it's like inside of the um, the household and, and and with um wives and husbands you know not to um to get into a contention with with one another 
to even get get to a point where we're retaliating verbally or we're, we're retaliating physically in any type of way but to come to an agreement and to to build up peace within us that's what that's what um what jesus is saying you know to to be um orderly orderly people you know because we're we're chosen and not dis not to disobey the word which which speaks about this peace and so again and in, in, in um first peter 3 1 through 7 it says wives in the same way accept the authority of your husbands so that even if some of them do not obey the word they may be won over without a word by their wives conduct instead of we're talking about a good example when they see the purity and reverence of your lives do not adorn yourselves outwardly by braiding your hair and by wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing rather let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in God's sight it was in this way long ago that the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by accepting in the authority of their husbands thus Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord you have become her daughters as long as you do what is good and never let fears alarm you husbands in the same way show consideration for your wives in your life together paying honor to the woman as the weaker sex since they too are also heirs of the gracious gift of life so that nothing may hinder your prayers and so you know we speak about this with um, husbands and wives and, and, the, and the women you know he speaks about um not um braiding your hair and not wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing rather let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty and a gentle and quiet spirit so we're talking about the humbleness and let that let that be an adornment and we talked about this with um in the last episode we read about judah but we read about judah and judah um being um uh soul disciplined and when he's seen this this woman um tamar who was clothed with all of these jewelry and things and she was sitting in in um in um a lustful um manner when she was taking the um the days to be in fornication he saw the jewels and things she had on and and he he wanted to um to lay with her and so that pulled him in and but but what's being said here is to not to not to do that to not adorn yourself with all these things but adorn yourself with the inner beauty to adorn yourself with the holy spirit to adorn yourself with um discipline and righteousness and 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 to adorn yourself with um submission to god and submission to um the husband and is using this example of of sarah and abraham and it says you have become her daughters as long as you do what is good and never let fears alarm you husbands in the same way show consideration for your wives and your life together paying honor to the woman okay because they too are heirs of great the gracious gift of life so that nothing may hinder your prayers so none of these things will take away from your prayers none of these things will take away from it so when we pray our prayers are, are are heard clearly by god and there's nothing standing in our way there's no sin there's nothing that we've said again we were talking about before about watching what we say about you know the come what comes out of the mouth defiling that nothing stands in our way and that we are husbands and wives of god with god in the middle with jesus in the middle and so um we'll um end it here and um hallelujah um praise jesus uh, i thank thank him for guiding me through and, and um to these specific scriptures and, and building building a, um, a picture here 
and I hope um, everyone um, uh, gets um, fulfillment out of it inside of the Holy Spirit on this on this Shabbat. Um, we want to thank you. We want to say uh, Hallelujah, peace, love, and blessings in the Holy Spirit. <laughs>